This is episode number 468 of the Health and Fitness Podcast by Innerfight, brought to you in association with Smith Street Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com, check out what they have to offer, all those sweet treats that you love, or if you are thinking seriously about your food, which you should be, you can hop on to one of their meal plans, five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whatever you want. Please go and check them out and see what they have to offer. And as we have been doing for a long time now, if you rate and review the podcast in iTunes, send us a screenshot of that. We will send you a goodie bag full of Smith Street Paleo goodies, as long as you live in the UAE. That's the only condition. Today's show, I'm super excited about. Recorded this one a while back, and it is an absolutely awesome show with a guy who has competed at the top of his sport, knows what it's all about, and explains it in such great detail. And he's joined with his wife. They're doing some great things in Australia. So, guys, without further ado, let's jump into today's show. Welcome back to another show, folks. And this is another one of a couple that are all the way on the other side of the world. I want to welcome on to the podcast, Pete and Jamie Jacobs, all the way from Australia. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Thanks for having us on the show. We're excited to be chatting to you in Dubai. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited. Thank you, Marcus. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you guys, I think that's a quite cool place to kick off, actually. You guys have just recently launched your own podcast. Folks, go and check it out. Live your own fit. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. And obviously, you've got a massive online business. So let's jump into that to kick it off. You tell us what's going on, folks. Um, yeah, the podcast is part of, partly I want to be able to uh, share a lot of my knowledge that I've learned through being a professional triathlete um, and a lot through what I've learned chasing my tail, trying to figure out my fatigue issues and health issues. Yeah. And I've met so many incredible physicians in so many different um, aspects of health that you know, A, I've learned from them, but I'd love to ask them more questions and hopefully they'll come on my show, our, our show, and I'll be able to ask some more direct questions and, um, and share that with everyone else as well. And also the other part of it is yeah, Jamie and I just talking about um, our own health journeys and our own health business and just anything that we can share that we come across to get other people listening because we listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts ourselves and and that's where we've learned so much from what's uh, what's your favorite podcast pete come on the i always like this one (laughs) i normally get this one out at the end but you've you've come in with it mate what's your favorite podcasts um at the moment i'm listening to one called the keto answers with a doctor and i can't remember his name but keto answers um, that's pretty high on my rotation at the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, you know, it goes in phases, doesn't it? You kind yeah, of hit one pretty time. solid for a while and, yeah. and go through different phases. So what's, and Jane? <laughs> I think mine is, um, I really like the Primal Blueprint podcast yep. and the Endurance Planet podcast. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Endurance Planet was one of the first that I listened to heavily with Tawny Prazak. Um, and that's where she had Phil Maffetone on a lot there. Yeah. And that's where I then really took on everything that I was learning from Phil. And then eventually a couple of years ago, made direct contact with Phil and we had a couple of, um, chats directly and then in person when he visited Australia. 
And yeah, that's a big part of my our influence on you know our approach to health. Let's go into that. What is your approach to health, folks? Just check these guys out. Hop over to their website, liveyourownfit.com. What's the approach of Live Your Own Fit, guys? Um, very much like the ones we've mentioned, like Primal Blueprint and uh, Phil Maffetone. It's big picture, and so everything matters and you've got to keep stepping back further and further to see the primary issues rather than treating the the minor issues rather than treating you know a sore calf as a sore calf look at well how did that happen in the big picture was it you know dehydration was it stress from work was it poor nutrition was it you know that you've been training too hard and pure sugar burner so you haven't got a good blood flow you know, what was it really got to keep stepping back further and further until you see all of those influences, which is nutrition, sleep, rest, relaxation, recovery, um, all the major ones that we have as our pillars. And yeah, just talk to people when when we talk to people it just you keep peeling back the layers of what it is that is their primary trigger, I guess, for their or health symptoms. So you're just trying to get people big picture, holistic, every angle, and, um, cool. and never never really think that you've got the answer. Always yeah. be like, well, let's. it could be this, but we could learn something brand new next week that right. is going to be you know, the key for you, but we'll just keep trying and uh, keep... Keep learning. Do you not? Do you find that people? Yeah, people like okay, my calf sore. Yeah, so I've got something in it. Let's massage it out, and that's going to fix it. Like that's almost like if we use that example, that's kind of how people have approached issues before, where like they just think that that's the that's the problem. So the solution lies in that. But as you said, mate, like it's so much deeper in a lot of scenarios, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Most people would still think that stretching would have prevented it or yeah. fixed it <laughs> yeah. when stretching isn't the answer to anything much at all. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's, yeah, people treating the, the spot that is sore or the, they think it's tight when tightness isn't actually tightness. It's just, you know, overactiveness yeah. um, or just stickiness if it's not hydrated and fluid and, and the fascia's not moving. You know, it's so many different things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, people do tend to just think, oh, it's just the calf. I'll just um, treat just that one particular area when so often it's coming from the back of their neck or somewhere completely <laughs> oblivious to the area that's injured. Absolutely. Mate, Pete, I want to sort of continue on this a little bit because obviously you've had, and, and we could have used this to introduce you, but apparently you're, you're a little bit shy and, and Jamie has to get it all out of you. But mate, you're, you were the world champion Ironman in 2012. So congratulations for that, mate. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal that we get we get to talk to you on on our show but you obviously as you said there as well you had issues with fatigue talk to us about those mate because this approach that you're talking about sort of enabled you to peel back the layers and get to the root cause of of your issue so do you want to talk us through that yeah um goes a fair way back to when i was a teenager and suddenly some swim sessions i just couldn't get my heart rate up you know, jump in the water and everything just went flat. And that was the feeling that, you know, came and went throughout, you know, all of my career. Um, But I learned to manage it and I would see many different people throughout that time. 
And each person would obviously, it wasn't the answer, but every little bit that I learned contributed to improving my position that I was in. So, you know, let's say now I might think, okay, a big part of it would have been that my um, sympathetic nervous system was overactive and my brain activity was very imbalanced. So many different things that I learned over time. You know, I used to do yoga for a time unknown to me. That was helping me get through a period. And then I swapped over and I did some some weights and some almost meditation relaxation techniques while doing some um, physical activities. And then I learned a lot of mindfulness. And then I was doing a lot of other things for my health. So there was always something looking back now um, that I didn't know what the answer was. And I still am trying to get an exact answer. And I never really will. Um, But I was always doing something and learning something from somebody else that worked for a period because it helped my body rehabilitate faster and better, you know, when I was doing it consistently. Mm. But then I would have another bout of fatigue that might come back for, as I got older after winning in 2012, the following year, you know, I was 30 then, so age and just accumulation of stress. Um, then that year started to get more, more injuries, just, just unexplained sort of tightnesses and weaknesses. And then I would get fatigued instead of being a day or a week, like it was when I was younger, it became, you know, a month or two months. But then once it had gone, I could just get back into training and I'd feel amazing. And it was just absolute night and day. And so I kept chasing my tail because I would have these periods of feeling just absolutely amazing and knowing that, if I could just get like another six weeks training together, I know I could go back on, you know, the world stage and, and do well again. But it just never, I could never get it going again in a um, consistency like I had before mm-hmm. 2012. So I learned when I was younger, I learned to deal a lot with ego. And obviously, if I felt tired on a particular day and dropped off the training pack, it just didn't matter. I could right. do my own thing quite happily. So that was a part of, you know, obviously that helped with my health because I wasn't stressing about missing a session, about guilt, about all those other forms of emotional stress. And I didn't push myself too hard when I already felt pretty lousy. I could take a day off quite comfortably and let my body rest and listen to it. So I learned a lot of skills through that period and still am. Um, But things that I was doing back then that I didn't really understand how they connected but in the last couple of years, I've learned a lot from, you know, starting to really talk to people like Phil Maffetone yeah. and another guy that learned from Phil, a doctor in Melbourne. Um, and I'm really learning a lot from them and tying everything in that I've learned in the past as to how how it did impact me, how it affected all these things that I didn't understand back then, like my nervous system and yeah. inflammation from food and sleep and all of these other hormonal things that I now, you know, have a much better understanding of. And that's why I want to try and pass it on because I can say, hey, these are the things that I was doing and this is why they worked and this is why I did well. Um, but now I can explain the, the the science, the facts behind why it worked. Whereas before it was just, well, I was doing that and it worked, but without solid concrete evidence, I would then sort of move on to the next thing and, and I'd go, 
a phase without doing that thing that really helped me because I didn't understand why it helped me. Yeah. Um, but now that I understand, I'm much more diligent about doing all of those different factors and now I've just got to try and put them all together for a period. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard thing. You know so much, but trying to fit it all into a day or a week or yeah. a month, yeah. it's, uh, it, it can still get distracting other, other things and you forget all the things that you need to do for yourself. <laughs> but yeah. Is that the um? Is that is that the goal, mate? To take sort of what you've learned over the last few years through the situation that you got yourself in, and sort of compete at a high level again, or where where where's it where's it kind of going for you? Yeah, I've still got that same um, drive to test the limitations of my body right. that got me there in 2012, yeah. and that is exactly the same. And the more that I've learned. The, the stronger my urge is to um, put it into practice. Cool. You know, I really want to be on the, the head of the, the front of the curve yeah. for the next wave of, you know, I guess science coming into practice in the endurance world because obviously everybody's talking about low-carb, high-fat and keto and, you know, exogenous ketones and... <laughs> um, all of these different things, and obviously now you know we know more about how inflammation, inflammatory foods, and I just think, wow, if I could, and breathing, I'm you know breathing, you know just nose breathing, and I'm improving the efficiency um, in everything that I'm doing, yeah. and if I'm like, wow, I'd just love to put this all together and get back there and have another have another great race in Hawaii, yeah, and. Yeah, I'm 36 now, coming up on 37 this month. Yeah. And, you know, but guys have won it in their 40s, so well, time. Mate, the world, uh, the uh, UCI championships the other day, um, who is it? It's like almost 40, isn't he? Uh, Valverde. It was, was it Valverde? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's, and I think that's one thing you've probably got on, on, on your side as, as well, mate, like the age that you are, you've definitely, uh, there's, de- there's definitely has to be a couple of visits to Hawaii left in the tank there, doesn't there? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think so. <laughs> you know, so I've taken this year off completely from, any serious training um, and racing just to really let my body and well work with my body and hopefully see it come back to some really good consistent um, energy levels and health. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then just see what happens next year and the year after that. Uh, but, you know, there's no rush really. i just got to listen to my body. My entire career has been on the back foot listening to my body yeah. And luckily, it worked well. In it came good in Kona. You know, four years in a row, I was top ten. But I was injured wow. at the start of each year, or, or sick. You know, and I had about six weeks of absolutely nothing, and that really, you know, helped me perform those four years in a row, which was a bit of dumb luck that helped <laughs> my body be rested. Unbelievable, mate. You've said some really cool things there. I want to hold those thoughts and hop over to Jamie because she sat there just saying nothing. (laughs) But I have her sort of bio in front of me. And Jamie, you are an incredible athlete as well. Talk us through some... Did you guys meet through triathlon? You must have done, right? Or is it just... Is no, no, no. I um, I grew up in a surf club doing surf boat rowing. Okay. And... Um, and swimming and just love running, but Pete and my family were family friends uh, and um, okay. we're the youngest, so our siblings were always in teams together, surf teams and swim squads and stuff. So we already sort of knew each other. 
Um, and then uh, we met out. <laughs> we met out at the um, at the pub one night. <laughs> wow, there we go. So no, it wasn't through triathlon. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's so cool that you share sort of such similar interests as as a sport. And I mean, you you're you're an incredible triathlete, really, aren't you? Oh, I don't think no, I don't think so. Um, it's <laughs> it's being up at Noosa and constantly surrounded by you know world champions, Ironman champions. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to I suppose. Um, well, you don't compare yourself to anyone, but I mean they're they're amazing athletes. So um, yeah, in comparison to what they've all achieved. Um, very much not, <laughs> not anything special. But um, but yeah, it's pretty cool hanging out with the the type of athletes and just the personalities. Um, yeah. When yeah, I've noticed, I have noticed there's a big difference. I think the professional athletes, especially in Noosa, that I've um, been lucky enough to meet um, and train with, they're they have this genuine want to make everyone around them a better athlete and a better person and they'll push you and give you all the help you need um, where it's not necessarily always the case with, um, I suppose, non-professional athletes. Maybe it's a bit more competitive or just a different mindset. Why, why do you um, think that is? Why, why are we sort of stuck in that? Because you, you'd almost think that it should really be the other way around because the pros, it's like a living and the amateurs, like you're going to go to work on Monday morning, but the amateurs are just not as supportive, are they, a lot? I think we're just, myself as an amateur, maybe we're just stuck in our own heads too much and, yeah, um, yeah whereas maybe the professional athlete, it's their job, so they don't have that ego around it as much where we, we might have more of an ego being an amateur athlete. Yeah, <laughs> I know I have more of an ego than Pete does. <laughs> really? Hilarious. You mentioned something there about environment. Talk to us a little bit. You've both been in, like, obviously competitive environments, professional sports environments. How much of a difference does it make to sort of excelling and becoming almost the best version of yourself, really? The... I think being in competitive environments, um, just being well balanced, I think that's a big, a big key, yeah. um, and sort of trying not to compare yourself with anyone else. Yeah, yeah. We we moved up to Noosa. One of the reasons was in Sydney, it's you know highly populated, but there was hardly any professional triathletes there. Right. Um, so for me, it was to come up around some peers, so I could get a bit more of a community feeling around what I was doing and I wasn't the only person in the world that was you know a professional triathlete and doing it full-time day-to-day uh, and Jamie had a needed to get away from her full-time job that was highly stressful and too many days in the week at work and so it was a good good few reasons for us to move up here and yeah it's been as Jamie said it's been great to be around people that are so driven and always you know, yeah, everyone's wanting to help each other, and yeah, it's it's quite unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's a it's super. I think one of um uh, had a few friends that trained in uh, Boulder in Colorado, and they sort of were saying the same thing. Like everyone's there, and it's just such a good environment for pe 
four four triathletes to be in and everyone's excelling which is yeah it, it's it's quite cool because they're all everyone's sort of heading towards the same thing in their competition but at the same time everyone's very supportive which is also nice yeah and and there are certainly times where it can work against you a little bit where um you know people want to put their opinion of what worked for them and <laughs> yeah. tell you to do what worked for them so you should just do that um yeah. so sometimes the opinions aren't necessarily helpful and they yeah. can almost <laughs> even if you want to try something new and different um sometimes there's the peer pressure for you to not try that new thing or um, because yeah often also it can be a bit old school when there's more the majority rules kind of thing yeah and it's worked so well for so many people why would you change it and you know so yeah it can be at times a little bit like that but you you can easily cope with that if you you know got control of your ego a little bit and definitely i mean when i was training for hawaii um really well um back in the years i was always doing it on my own anyway wow so I wouldn't really see anybody for months other than Jamie for like the couple of months leading into Hawaii. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, you know, sit at a coffee shop. I wouldn't train with anybody else. I swam in a lane on my own during the day. I didn't do swim squads. So I, I really reveled in that time to myself to, to learn about myself and get really good mindset training and tools um, that I was doing without really understanding what I was doing. Yeah. But uh, – that's what I was doing. And, yeah, so I, I had those times to myself where uh, it, it was really beneficial that you knew other people were around, but at yeah. the same time, I could, you can be on your own. You can feel it. You've both mentioned the word ego half a dozen times. <laughs> which no i think it's really awesome because and, and and we actually jumped like we we attacked amateur athletes straight away which was quite good so we, we warmed up to really take them oh, apart now so it's all good but let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about like your thoughts on that like you know it, it how does ego sort of holders back how does it affect performance what what's your go to to two clients or two people that are you know maybe just decent amateurs or trying to get better in you know in your sport or in any sport what's as coaches what do you guys put out on that level um we approach it a bit sort of a bit from Eckhart Tolle perspective and that's yeah. where I really get the definition from ego from from him um, that it's anything that's not in the present it's anything in the past or the future okay. and in the descriptions that I've used I relate back to in 2012 I had a mantra and it, the word was love and I'd got it from a kinesiologist and he just found that I was stronger if I was using that word and I wasn't worried about trolls and doubts and fears and my competitors or if the fans were cheering for someone else more than me or any of that stuff, which I was visualizing in training. And, you know, if you visualize a sprint finish against your competitor and you suddenly feel a bit weak, you know, there's a bit of a, an issue with yeah. Yeah, your own, your own thoughts. So I could say the words love to myself though. And just that word cleared all my fears and doubts wow. and I was able just to be in the moment and in the present and my my training sessions would be that much better and 
I used that mantra through training. I used it in terms of um, my supporters. I told them to cheer for me, you know, remind me that I love this. Wow. You know, I'm here because I love the challenge. I love the heat. And the word love was just my trigger to get me back in the present. Wow. So it took away all my thoughts of, you know, doubts of past races or and all the future thoughts of, well, if I'm in this position and this happens and, wow, I've been out here for seven hours and it's really hot and I'm getting <laughs> tired, whereas it was just a trigger for me to come back to the present and forget yeah. about anything that didn't make me feel strong, which is the stories that we tell ourselves we're in. Yeah. When if you tell yourself a story that, you know, you're tired, you can feel tired really easily, just as easily as if you tell yourself you're not that hot and you're out in 30-something degrees running a marathon in Hawaii, yeah, yeah. you can actually feel cooler and calmer. And, yeah, it links back to the impact on the central nervous system because then the central governor isn't reacting as much, so you can actually push that a little bit further because you've got less um, stress on your system because you are less emotionally stressed and calmer. So it plays into this great circle of beneficial um, responses in the body if you can forget about ego, if you can learn to control it and be in the moment, in the present, in the now, as um, Eckhart always explains. And that's what uh, we try and get across to people, which, um, you know, is kind of a lengthy story and a lengthy, lengthy bit of um, words that we yeah. send out to them. But we, we try and just remind them a bit each week what they can be doing to practice being in the moment in little short snippets, Yeah, you know, in five breaths here and five breaths there, and then build up to, okay, now practice it while you're exercising. Okay, now practice it while you're at work in a stressful situation. And just forgetting, trying to get people to be in the moment and, you know, without the stories of their past or future, which... You know, is their ego because it's about, you know, I guess for age groupers, if they get dropped on the bike ride, they're already thinking, oh, no, they're going to get back to the coffee shop and they're going to be talking about me, how I got <laughs> dropped and I was slower than them today. And it's going to really, they're going to talk about me and oh, they're going to think I'm not as good as them and blah, blah, blah. And it's like none of that exists. Yeah. Yeah. All it is is the story that you're perpetuating inside your own head yeah. that is making you feel even more stressed and more fatigued and unhappy. It makes you unhappy, which is the Absolutely. bottom line. Yeah. Um, so trying to get that mindset out of athletes where it's and, – and that goes in part as well. You have to have that to be able to do the exercise as we suggest, which is math training, you know, sticking yeah. to your maximum aerobic function, which yeah. is – 180 minus your age is your heart rate to train at. And that ties in with ego because so many people will be like, oh, but I'm running so slowly if they haven't developed their aerobic capacity. They will be running really slowly at their math. Whereas if they, then they'll just want to push and run harder. No pain, no gain. And that is all around ego. Um, So, yeah, just trying to get them to be calm, enjoy the moment, enjoy the process. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. No, mate, it's it's a really it's a really good answer. It's longer than I expected, but it's a really good answer. And <laughs> yeah. and, and for, for for the listeners, the um, what Pete was referring to there, Eckhart Tolle. Go and read his book. It's called The Power of Now. I actually remember 
I listened to it over two quite long bike rides as an audio book. And I can actually remember um, some of the bits that you were saying there gave me sort of um, thoughts back to exactly where I was on my bike when I was listening to that book. So it's a, <laughs> it's a fantastic book. And, and, and another thing that the, another book that I think we should, we should chuck out there is a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, um, which to be honest on this book, I don't know if you guys have read it, you probably have, but um, no. it's, well, ha- have a look at it, but just read like, read the title and 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 that's probably enough so just go online and just look at the title like because the book i mean it's called ego is the enemy and um yeah he just spends 300 pages explaining why ego is the enemy so if you sort of buy into the fact which you guys obviously do that ego is the enemy then you don't need to spend the time reading the book but definitely um that that Eckhart Tolle book um the power of now is super important and one thing I want to sort of go into with 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 what you were just saying there as well Pete is that isn't this a crazy mindset that we're seeing that so much of like you just spoke incredibly for five minutes about the the power of of now and being in the present and not worrying about stuff it actually has on 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 the top level zero to do with a training plan zero to do with what you're eating like but it's such a a big factor how big do you think that sort of the mindset side is and being able to create yourself and to create that moment for yourself in, in all performance? Um, well, you know, the, the world champs in Hawaii is coming up in a couple of weeks and I've got a, a young maiden age group of racing there and I just keep telling him it is all mental on race day. Mm. Um, it is being in the zone is the same as being in the now. Yeah. Being in the zone, which has been written about, you know, in millions of words, yeah. the zone is that feeling where nothing else exists except your, um, I guess, acute ability to push your body to its limits. Um, and that's that feeling of there's nothing else exists. There's no thoughts. There's nothing else. Uh, you can push through pain when there's no thought of pain. Um, and the pain can't really exist when you're, you know, kind of in the moment ahead of it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess yeah. it's hard to say, but that, yeah. the zone. So race day, everybody knows that the zone is important, and that comes. It's the same as that mindset of no ego, of, of practicing being in the moment. Yeah. So that's why training on my own paid off so well because I was always doing my own pace within my limits, within my own head, within. Um, my own kind of consistency so I wouldn't slack off if someone else was going slower I was always just just right there in the zone because I wasn't worrying about if someone's dropping off behind me or oh where will I wait for them it was just I was always present in my training which I think yeah if you're training with a group all the time people miss out on that time alone which is really important so that on race day you can just bring it out of your bag really easily and yeah Race day, you can't train anymore by race day. It is all about <laughs> how how good you are between the years. What do you do on race day, though, mate? You've been you've been at the top. You've won the ultimate prize in triathlon. What happens? You, you you're on your plan, and you've you've swum your plan, and a few of your competitors are wherever they are. You, you're aware of where they are, and your bike's going to. Is there a point? What I'm getting to is, what's the point where 
okay, now I have to just ditch everything and I have to go all, all in on this and just make it happen? Um, it was, yeah, I'd come second the year before, so I had 365 days basically of thinking, <laughs> okay, this year I want the win and only the win. Right. Whereas the year before I was like, oh, I'll be happy with a podium and I got a podium. So I did a little bit more in training. I looked after myself a bit better in many ways. And I was so relaxed on race day that it was just like a, it was like a dress rehearsal because I'd visualized it so much in training. Um, I knew exactly what I needed to do. So there was a couple of moments there where um, I was patient because I was calm and, you know, I knew what I needed to do. So if you're not patient, you'll pass at the wrong time and you can end up with a drafting or passing penalty if you yeah. get stuck out wide which i'd done that had happened to me a couple of years earlier right. um so being patient and knowing when to make your move is a big part of it um but then there was a point where there was a break going down the road and i had to go around a few guys on the bike to bridge up to this smaller breakaway and that was the point where i was like all right well you know i feel amazing today i'm not i'm not going to let anyone ride away from me uh, and I just went with that group, and then I found myself in the lead of the race heading up towards halfway, and at that point, you know, I was just smiling to myself. I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> wow, I just I just feel amazing today, and, and I was enjoying it, and I ended up getting off the bike in second place about eight and a half minutes behind, Wow! and... The guy in the lead had the world record at the time for the Ironman distance. But I, in training, I knew that my back would tighten up off the bike. You know, if I go out a little bit too hard, just mm. getting off that crouch tight position, my hips would tighten up my back. But if I did a few lunges, everything would loosen up and I'd feel good again and I'd be able to run well. So about 6 or 7K, you know, I was still 7 minutes behind, not making up a bunch of time. And but I knew my back was starting to get a bit tight and I just knew if I stopped to do some lunges, then that's what I needed to do to get from A to B the fastest that I could. So being able to stop in that situation of sort of pressure and stress and and all those decisions, uh, I was able to make that decision to stop, do a few lunges and then get going again. And it probably cost me, you know, not much, 20 seconds or so, 30 seconds at the most. But that was quite amazing and astonishing to people to see that I, they thought I was out of the race because no one stops and does a few lunges. Oh, mate, be, it's unreal. It must be yeah. <laughs> but um, so because I just practiced that so much, I knew that if I did that, I'd be fine. And so sure enough, I did that, kept running, my back loosened off, and by at halfway, the other guy totally blew up because he'd gone too hard on the bike. And, yeah, I passed him. I had a five-minute lead. Wow. And, you know, was able to jog home with a five-minute lead for the second half of the marathon. But a painful story of the zone being in the zone is the year before when I got second and I had a really good battle for second and third place. I passed third for second place about 30K out. Um, and then I blew up. My legs just shattered. And I had to go into real just preservation mode. Just my quads were so sore that I had to try and run more on my toes to just use my calves more and I knew I was in such agony such agony I was walking aid stations which were about a minute long 
each of them or more. And the guy caught back up to me. And it's all on video, so I've got I've got all the footage, which is awesome. If he caught back up to me and I just, in my head, I was like, well, this is it. I either give in and let him go or, or I just try and set his match his pace. So I matched his pace and pushed through the pain, literally just broke through a wall where the pain didn't exist because I was 6K from the finish line. If I could just run, I'd be you know, in second, I'd finish in second place. Yeah. So I sat behind him for about a kilometre and then he cracked and it's the most pain I've ever been in in my life. But because I was focused on this singular goal that I wanted so badly and the pain was so intense that it wasn't, there was so much that it wasn't even there kind of thing. Uh, you could just block it out. So I was in the zone more than ever and I crossed the finish line and just broke down in tears because I'd been at such a, it was just, you know, I'd been to hell and back in that race more so than when I won the year before. It was much easier. But yeah, well, the year that I came second, I crossed the line. I'd been in such agony for, you know, at least 10 Ks um, and just burst into tears when I crossed the finish line and gave Jamie a hug. But that, that memory of being in the zone under such pain, you know, I'll never forget that as my hardest race ever where I had to just go to another level. Yeah. And uh, it was a great experience, but I'm mate, I don't have to... Incredible. <laughs> oh, well, mate, we, we said earlier you're still young. You've got plenty of racing in you, so maybe we'll... Uh... No, I, just hope I just hope they're easier. Yeah, I hope <laughs> <what> I... <laughs> Does it ever get easier? Guys, we've got a little bit of time left. I want to just jump over and focus on sort of what you guys are doing with Live Your Own Fit. As I said, folks, hop over check out the website. There's loads of stuff on there, liveyourownfit.com. Just give us a little bit, like what kind of people do you work with? Why should someone come to you? Why should someone go and listen to your podcast? Give us your biggest sales pitch you've got, guys. <laughs> I think because we, we are reasonably in our early days, so yeah. we just want to help as many people as we can help. Um, I, myself, I'm really passionate about helping Women especially, um, so I'm coming from a place of being an amateur athlete with not much confidence around doing races like triathlon. Um, so just having the building that inner confidence right. in someone, the belief systems um, that they actually can do it, and it's almost to the point of where someone's as, as um, crazy and I suppose corny as it sounds you have to learn to respect yourself and love yourself to be able to treat yourself well. Yeah. Um, and that's if you do want to line up at race day, you need those two things along with intentions and maybe to be accountable and have that support network as well. So um, I think that's where I'm coming from very much so is uh, maybe amateur athletes or, you know, new mums wanting yeah. to get some more, get back into the groove again. Um I've battled my own, you know, self-doubts in the past and always thinking, oh, you know, the, I'm Pete, Pete's wife, everyone's going to expect me to be really good yeah. um, and I've had a lot of fear. So I'm really passionate about saying the fears in your head, it's all pure, purely your ego. Um, no one's even looking at you. <laughs> so yeah. you've got to tear down those walls. It's all just you putting up those blockages and those barriers. And, um, and uh, as Jamie said, a big part that I learned from her is that if the people don't 
love and respect themselves and say, oh, my health is worth taking care of yeah. and I'm worth taking care of, then you can give them all the information and all the tools under the sun and they won't be able to put it into practice. And as soon as they, or if they do it, they finish the course, then they'll drop off and not continue with it. So getting them in that mindset of, hey, I'm a priority and my health is really important and I need to take time out for myself, um, which, you know, even even us, you know, just doing the, the practices of stopping for five breaths yeah. a few times a day. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm too busy. And it's like, how can you be too busy to just take five breaths for yourself? It's unbelievable that yeah. our minds are constantly trying to distract us from being in a parasympathetic, relaxed state. Yeah. Um, so just trying to get people out of their own heads a little bit and then adding in just the obvious steps that, you know, just eat good food, we'll, we'll help you with your sleep patterns, we'll help you with your exercise routines and get you, you know, fixing up your primary issues and, and make you happy happy and whole and fit and Super achieving cool. whatever goals you've got. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think you guys have come at it from a, such a nice perspective and you, you both said it like a couple of times there, sort of, you know, love yourself a little bit more. I, I, I see it a lot with people that, I don't know if it, if endurance lends itself to this, but, you know, people sign up, oh, I've signed up for this race and, oh, I'm not sure and the training's hard. and It's like, guys, just like you, you're going to go to a race, you're going to have one of the most amazing experiences of your life. There's actually training, okay, yeah, it's hard, but I think even like you were saying, Pete, if you've got your plan and you're in the moment and you're, you're, you're focused, it's actually quite an enjoyable process because it's structure and it's kind of there. And yeah, some sessions are hard, but I haven't met many people after a hard session that don't have a big smile on their face once they get up mm. off the floor, yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> and we just, we just remind them of the goal and of their goals and their intentions yeah. of why they want to achieve it. Like you wouldn't sign up to a race if you didn't actually want to achieve that. <laughs> yeah. So this should be a happy journey of yeah. you're working towards achieving something you want to do. So that's, you know, I was reminding myself that I loved the challenge. I loved the heat. I loved the pain. Yeah. Everything that came with that moment, that day in my life, um, I was able just to work towards it with a joy because it was something that I knew I really wanted to do. So I never dreaded the journey. It was all just, you know, the highs and lows are just part of it, but just, it's always, yeah. it's just part of it. And you just take it as it comes. And yeah, if you, if you're in the moment, the lows don't matter because you forget about them, you know, a second later it's behind <laughs> you and yeah. you let's move on. And if only we could get everyone on that page. Yeah. <laughs> it would be super yeah. awesome. I just want to think there's one, there's one other thing that, that, I can't remember which one of you said it earlier, but I think it's super important. It's a really nice way to sort of close this uh, this great chat out, guys. One of you said, there's no rush. And I think a lot of the time people are putting like massive time constraints on themselves. Got to get this done, got to get that done. Or we're in a world now of this immediate gratification or I can just order something straight away off Amazon. How do you instill a no rush and a, sort of quite a patient, trust the process mindset in yourselves and also in sort of athletes, people that you're working with? Uh, well, just what I, what I mentioned before for me, it's, it's looking at a blank wall, a dot on the wall or something boring, 
and just taking five breaths or 10 breaths until I actually feel myself back in the moment and relaxed again. And it is that thinking of nothing, you have to look at something boring, (laughs) but doing that is you have to force yourself to do it quite strangely um, because your mind wants to distract you constantly. So for me, it's, it's that moment. It's that a few times a day is where it has to start. I feel to get that feeling of being in the moment and relaxing your body and your mind as one. And if they're relaxed as one, then they connect and then you're more aware of it. And then that will lead to, you know, much better performances in everything later on in life. But Whereas I think I feel more it's about the bigger picture. So it's thinking, okay, um, do I want to do the no pain, no gain, have really quick results, but maybe I'll, um, you know, have to give up in six weeks straight after race day because I'll have an injury or some sort of, you know, big fatigue issue. Um, So I think I like to think about more the future and um, what's the end result? What legacy would I like to leave my grandchildren? Do I want to be a really fit, healthy um, grandma at the age of 70 rather than, uh, you know, have be pre-diabetic or not be able to chase around the grandkids and go bike riding and, like I saw that firsthand this weekend. We had Pete's parents stay with us for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, Pete's mum, also a reason why we're quite passionate about this, is Pete's mum has an autoimmune disease herself. Um, and she's now, being thanks to Pete a lot, um, been motivated and inspired by Pete to change her way of eating and um she's exercising exercising and um she always exercised but just the way now that she can she'll stick to math and she'll know when she's feeling good on a day or or not so she's learning to listen to her body much more rather than be the impatient kind of like (laughs) but i used to be able to do this when i was 30 why can't i just do that much now Uh, but yeah it's definitely looking ahead as james said the longevity reminding people that how do you want to feel when you're 80? Yeah. That's really important. And definitely getting people to think about their long-term health is um, a big part of our approach as well. Mm. Like Jenny Jenny was Pete's mum. She was she had the most amazing energy when she was up here and she just kept saying it's, you know, for her it was being up in Noosa. Obviously everyone's going to feel better. Yeah, <laughs> of <Noosa>. course. <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Um, but also the food she was eating, the way she was moving, um, she had a lightness about her and she said she just felt she felt amazing. Wow. Um, and we've seen a big shift in her and her energy level. So that sort of spurs us on as yeah. well. Um, yeah, anxiety, She's her anxiety wasn't there. Wow. Um, there were lots of differences. So that, that eggs us on a lot to help others. You be, just be careful you don't do too good a job that she moves in full time with you guys. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> I actually find that. Oh, oh, that's cute. <laughs> as, long as, keeps, as long as she keeps up with the good energy for cleaning and walking yeah. the dogs. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Well, I've taken plenty of your time and what you've shared over the last 40 minutes or so has been absolutely brilliant. I'm sure all the listeners are going to take so much from it. So I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for, for sharing it. And Pete, obviously, 
congratulations on what you've achieved. And, and, and Jamie, congratulations for, for supporting this guy and for what you've done as well. I, you know, yeah. you say you're not a great athlete. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. I'm going to read them off. Marathon PB, guys. She has a three-hour 22 marathon PB from New York City. Tough marathon. Great time. So you're a pretty <laughs> decent athlete, sweetheart. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, I actually didn't train, train for that race. But, yeah, uh, see, yeah. Yeah. Her ego. Her ego. She's got to I tell you a story. Story. Information. She's yeah. trying to tell you a story and make an excuse for her ego. Exactly, exactly. So should just what, be happy, happy with it. What yeah. is it? Four times Ironman, seventy point three age group champion. Don't worry, I've got all the stats. I'll save them for another time. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pete must have sent you some information there without me knowing. <laughs> to say thank you to you marcus for no, having us not at all. we know you've got a pretty amazing story yourself so yeah. we'd love to have you on our podcast absolutely <laughs> let's do it we always uh definitely and like i say i enjoyed i enjoyed what i've listened to from, from you guys so far so i want to wish you guys all all the best with that but folks hop over check out what these guys are doing liveyourownfit.com and Folks, when if I'm down there in and as we said before we start recording, if we're down there in December, we'll definitely uh, hang out, go for a run, do something, talk about living in the moment, and have a good time. So, thank you. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, and I wish you a great day. Thank Thanks, you very Marcus. Much. Cheers. Thanks, Marcus. Bye bye. Bye.